Well, nice of you to step away from all the football that is on TV, it being American Thanksgiving, etc., and join little old me on It's Your Call. My search for some common ground on, well, some of the biggest stories and whatever's on my mind on any particular day. Now, um, Friday we talked... Canadian Football League heading into the Grey Cup. A lot of people kind of reacted saying, is that what this show is going to be? That's kind of fluffy. That's not what I'm here for. I get it. I get it. But you also need to remember, uh, this is not the show that was. This is my take on it. Um, And we are certainly going to do some deep dives on a political uh, spectrum. In fact, we're going to do that today. Um, Yesterday, we had a little bit of fun. It was a serious question. Um, but it was 100% one-sided. Should we move Canadian Thanksgiving to today and align with the Americans? Would that make more sense? 100% said no, 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 no. You keep Canadian Thanksgiving alone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Peter says, I was watching the commission, never watching football. Okay. Well, the commission's probably a little more entertaining. You know what? That's just, that's just nuts. And, and I've been keeping a close eye on that, Peter. It's one of those things that's kind of you know, circling in my brain. We need to talk about that. Um, It's just, I just, I feel, I feel like we are headed for a ginormous letdown on this, that, you know, that it's so obvious, so obvious that no, no, the Emergency Measures Act was not justified. And so what? It was put in place. There it was. And so what? There'll be no, nobody's going to pay the price for this. Are Canadians going to get really, really, really upset? Look at all the other things that have gone on in this government's history. And Canadians, they're just, we're not aware. Canadians don't even know where to turn and see some of this stuff. Anyway, I digress. That's not the path I wanted to go down today. Let me invite you to the conversation. Uh, I remembered again today. So if you go to the website, it's yourcall.ca, I-T-S, yourcall.ca. Just remember, there's no apostrophe there. Um, You will find a video camera link. If you click on that, beg your pardon? If you click on that, you can appear on the show via video. If you prefer not to be seen by video, that's fine. As long as we can hear your voice, turn camera off, leave microphone on. In other words, you've done Zoom meetings, I'm sure, countless times, or especially over the last couple of years, you get it. Uh, you can call the show as well, 613-604-6464. And I hope you do. I hope you do. Because um, this is a subject that is very, very, very close to my heart. I'm incredibly passionate about it. Um, and it's, uh, it's scary. This is going to be a tough conversation, I think. And, uh, I, I would like to have this conversation, so let's get it going, shall we? Um, well, let's begin with this news. Leafs legend and NHL hockey hall of famer, Boreas Salming dead today, at the age of 71 from ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I don't know how they did it. Lou Gehrig's disease, if you're not familiar, your mind is still sharp as a tack, but your body is entombed. It's it's just it's trapped within itself. It's it's just you can't. And they had him on the ice. Daryl Sittler was there. The rest of the gang, Boris Elman, they had to help him. Obviously, you know, wave to the crowd. But he was there. We saw him two weeks ago. It gave us hope. And today comes news that Boris Elman has passed away. ALS. I didn't know my paternal grandfather very well. I spent a week in Winnipeg getting to know him a little bit. He died of Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And I've heard from my father and my uncle 
as to just how awful it was to see this former Air Force man who always kept himself in tip-top shape, who was, you know, going to bombers games, who was, um, you know, heading up all kinds of, you know, Kiwanis club events, etc., suddenly be unable to move and just know that death was coming his way, the inevitable. And I should also mention that um, a radio friend of mine, um, 41 years old, I think, is how old he was when he died of ALS. It's absolutely devastating. So when we have people in, in, in our healthcare system who are living with things like ALS, and like I said, it is, I mean, it's certain death. There's no way to couch it. It is certain death. A lot of cancers are getting better with cancer. It's certain death. They're not curable. And I'm fortunate, I guess, in my life, I wasn't close to my grandfather, so I, I wasn't there and I wasn't around, and I didn't have that relationship when he passed away. Uh, and, and his wife, my grandmother, passed away just a short time after, as is typically the case, right? And it was just like, I think, like an aneurysm, and she was done. My grandmother that I did know here in Ottawa um, had, you know, often smoked a lot. So a lot of influenza, a lot of, you know, dealt with cancer, but was in and out of the hospital. And. You know, this one time she went to the hospital and she just didn't come out. But there was no suffering is what I'm saying. I didn't I didn't have to sit there and watch this happen. It was like an overnight sudden thing. So we have in place now this medical assisted suicide in Canada. Some of you will remember Guy Annabelle, big fan of Lowell's. Guy had a number of talk shows, et cetera, and a huge following. He contracted cancer, and he chose to use that system. He was in unbelievable pain, and he didn't want to prolong that, and he chose that. Okay. And I know this is going to get into a deep religious conversation for some folks. I appreciate that. And, you know, you are who you are, and you believe what you believe. And I, this is where I want to find some common ground on this. So how do you feel about MAID, which is our medically assisted, medical assistance in death, I think is what MAID stands for. So how do you feel about that, first off, for things like cancers, heart disease, ALS? Okay. Do you feel the same way when you find out that come March, Canada is going to allow medically assisted dying For people suffering with mental illness. Okay. You are listening to someone. The host of this show is someone who is on record and speaks very often. And in fact, at every opportunity I get about living with depression and anxiety. I am on record. I have one very serious suicide attempt. And one really, really close experience that resulted in me checking myself into the hospital on a security watch. And I needed to be there. So I understand the mental health issues. And I also understand that as bad as I was, and I got to that point where I tried to end my own life, I'm also 
very cognizant of the fact that there are a good number of people out there who are in even worse shape than I am. And we just need to move on from this conversation, by the way, that depression is sadness. Yes, sadness is certainly part of it. And and I hear it even within my own family. What do you have to be depressed about? Nobody could have loved you more. You are so wanted. You are so cherished. Yeah, I, I understand that. I understand that. But I'm not I'm not sad because something happened. I have a physical condition, serato- lack of serotonins, etc., 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 that affect me differently. Okay? And I remember at the and I've gone and I've done the work and I continue to do the work therapy and medications and working closely with my doctors and like i said when it comes to the world of mental illness i know that there are people who have it a lot worse than i do okay so we've established that but i remember those days my darkest 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 moments being unable just nothing i could say or do in my head physically unable to get out of bed bedridden paralyzed it was awful there are people living their lives like that every single day people who have not been in a fortunate enough situation to go and be able to work with a medical team and get themselves into some semblance of some get themselves into some position where they they have a chance to move this forward and, and get themselves into a better position. And I'm managing it. And look, every day's a struggle. Sure. Everyone struggles. Yeah. I just, I have a different struggle. I have a couple of other things that, you know, are involved in my struggle. So when I hear that the government of the country I live in is now going to put medically assisted suicide on the table come March. How do you feel about that? Is is a mental illness, and I especially want your opinion, if you've not dealt with a mental illness, if you've not had someone in your family who's had a mental illness, I don't think you really do understand it. I as, as And I mean that with all due respect. I really do. But until you have seen it and experienced it firsthand, and and I say this as someone who is married to a woman who has a degree in psychology, I'm not convinced that her seeing me and living with this every single day really understands it. Like really, truly understands it. Sure, she under you know, there's a lot. Heck, in, in some cases, I think you know the medical aspects of this she understands significantly better than I do. But until you're that person, I don't think you do. So March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, the happiest of days. March 17th, assisted dying will become legal for Canadians in a mental disorder as their sole condition. There's a lot of people, by the way, living with this. In Toronto alone, according to one article I read today, in Toronto alone, an estimated 16,000 people are waiting for supportive housing for mental illness and addiction. 16,000 people who can't get themselves into a facility 
to even begin to deal with this. Should that not maybe be our priority? Our hospital system comes into play again. Where are the doctors? Where are the psychologists, the psychiatrists? Where are they? Oh, right, right. Getting their degrees here and going to the States. In Ontario right now, I can't speak for other provinces. I know we've got listeners in Saskatchewan and Alberta. In Ontario, nearly 6,000 patients with the most severe mental disorders are on lists for specialist community-based care. The lists are years long. Years. Every day that someone with a mental illness is not working with a therapist in some capacity, a doctor in some capacity, medicated in some capacity, it's exacerbating the problem that they are living with and dealing with. The solution in this country is to offer them a needle so they can check out and not be a burden on the system. Is that why we have this in place? I don't think so. And that's certainly not what I want. When the option arrives in March, Canada will have one of the most liberal euthanasia laws in the world, joining only a few other countries that allow assisted dying for mental illness. It will be the most controversial expansion of made since Supreme Court ruling led the federal government to legalize euthanasia in the first place in 2016. We've only been doing this since 2016. And at that time, made was only available to patients with a foreseeable death. Certain death, like I said, ALS, cancers, heart disease. But this year, your government removed that requirement. Pardon me, it was last year, it was 2021. Bill C-7 removed that requirement. We are four months away from this, and there is no consensus whatsoever from the mental health community. Psychotherapy, if you can even find someone who can give you psychotherapy, and it is obviously recommended as a treatment, remains way too expensive for most Canadians. And I get that. Even with, you know, employers offering up some sort of health care package, by and large, most of them don't even begin to cover it. It helps, but a therapist can be upwards of $250 an hour. It's all well and good to put it in your employee benefits package or health care package. Sorry, benefits are given to you. A health care package is something I buy into. There is a difference, and I've experienced both. But if that's capped at $5,000, well, you do the math. How many therapy sessions is that? Not You can go through 5000 bucks pretty darn quick. The medications I'm on, by the way, and I have only continued to be on them for the past two years because somebody stepped up and said, hey, I know you've got a prescription for these. I represent the pharmaceutical company that happens to make the medications you're on. I was talking a couple of years back about not being able to afford them anymore, and this person stepped up and supplied them for me. I'm very thankful for that. But the medications I'm on are almost 
$1,500 a month. Six years ago, I lost my job. Nine days before that, my wife lost her job. We've been relying on a business to keep us afloat and trying to build this radio station up. Think about the people who don't even have that, that, that side business to keep them afloat, who don't have a project underway right now, who can't find employment, or who are employed but making minimum wage, barely scraping by. How are they affording these medications? They're not. They're having to give them up. So the solution come March? Well, if you want to check out, we'll assist you with that. Why are we willing to assist people with, with listen, and I'm not saying it's curable. We're not there yet. We don't have a cure for mental illness. But why are we just... We are taking the easy way out on this. Are we not? Agree, disagree. Let me know. 613-604-6464. My question to you. Made medical assistance in dying. Originally intended for patients with, with, with a foreseeable death. I have never looked at my own mental health and thought that is a death sentence. It'll make me do all kinds of crazy things, things that I'm not proud of, but I'll talk about because I know that when I talk about it, it makes a difference. But as someone who deals with and lives with anxiety, depression, seasonal affective disorder, as someone who has a suicide attempt on their own record, I don't want this. I don't think this is appropriate for people living with what I live with. And I say that for people who, you know, have infinitely worse mental health disorders than I do. So let's get to your comments. By the way, again, if you go to itsyourcall.ca, there's a video camera link. You can join the show that way. You can text or you can call 613-604-6464. I want to mention our sponsor, and we'll do that in just a moment. Let's get to your comments on Twitch. Jules says, why do we offer a way out instead of a solution and a culture change to mental health? Mental health needs to be taken seriously, just like cancer or ALS. Amen, Julie. I agree with you. And by the way, I don't have to agree with you on this show. If you disagree with my my stance on this, let's have a conversation about it. That's what this show is. I'm not going to hang up the phone on you. I want to have a respectful conversation. I think we're both adults. We can do that. Over to Anne. She is watching the show on Facebook. She says, we need to fix the current health crisis before adding another layer to it. My worry is that we don't have the proper scrutiny or management of MAID. Okay. I can't speak to that, but uh, yeah, I just, I just think it's grossly inappropriate for this instance. Satan's Playmate, I remember paying $1,647 a month for cancer drugs, and I won't mention the insurance company, but the insurance company didn't cover them. Sure, chemo's free, but the anti-cancer drugs are not. Exactly. If I'm going to therapy for an hour a week at $250, that's $1,000 a month. Add to that my medication, $400. There's $1,400 a month. And like I said, there are people dealing with significantly more issues than I. How are they coping? How are they making ends meet? Over to Peter on Facebook. Therapists are overworked and not enough of them. A friend of mine is one, and she's overworked and highly stressed. Yeah, listen. (laughs) I was lucky. I was very lucky to get into my therapist. And COVID really pissed me off. 
because I loved. I really genuinely loved, and I felt the benefits of that weekly sit-down session. And in COVID, a phone call, a Zoom call, that's great, but it's not the same. And for the therapist, it's not the same. There's a lot of body language that is hidden on just a Zoom call or, you know, and, and certainly none on a phone call. But COVID, anybody who, you know, was was even not aware that they were dealing with a mental health issue probably became very aware of it during COVID. And now they're seeking help. These people are already booked solid. Chris says, no, it's not why we've got it in place. It's to give options to people to die with dignity, not through uglier private measures. It's not taking away from therapy or medication, etc. I wish I could underscore it. Dignity. All right. Chris says, I don't agree with that. Made is the easy way out. Medication works well. That should be a very last resort. And look, it's not lost on me that someone who is really, really struggling with mental health is suicidal, who is, like I said, face down in bed, wetting themselves in bed, bowel movements in bed. They cannot. Their mental health condition does not allow them to get out of that bed and get into the bathroom. I recognize that. And, and you're not going to just instantly cure that and get them up and moving around and happy, happy, go lucky. It ain't going to happen like that. But does that mean that they should just be kissed goodbye and and given a needle because they want to check out? I, I, I just I don't buy into that. We do have a phone call. Thank you for calling. It's your call. Can I get your name, please? Joshua. All right, and what's your opinion? Should MAID be available to people with mental health disorders? Well, this is something that I'm very passionate about personally. I was born with uh, cerebral palsy myself. Okay. And here's here's the thing about MAID. It's very difficult for people to access already. My one concern as far as mental health would be, is it going to be pushed to the forefront above all the other options, above therapy, above medication. Are we, going to go, are we going to have doctors saying, well, we can't really help you, so here's this option. That's my fear, too. Rather than, yeah. Yeah, you, you've articulated and, that very, very well. Thank you. That's, that's exactly my point. And my main concern, because besides that, it should be about dignity, but it shouldn't be the first option. There should be choices and options. Beyond, beyond that, if that's what you want, if you want death with dignity, you should be allowed to have it. But it shouldn't be the first option. Agreed. You and know, that's and, my and, fear. And, is, yeah, and a lot of these people, as I've already you know tried to get across, and I think you heard me when I said it, is you know we've given up on these people. We don't have therapists in place to even try and give them some semblance of a quality of life. They are living right now, as you said, a very undignified existence. They're miserable. They're in pain. They can't get out of bed. Like I said, they're pooping and peeing themselves in bed. Do they even have a family member in there looking after them? A lot of them, I'm sure, don't. And that's the sad part of it. Yeah, there's no uh, dignity I a, in that. I had a friend who went. I had a friend who had a, a mother who had some, or a parent that had some mental health issues, and. It was sad that there was nothing they could do for them. Her be- the best place was for was for the parent to live with the daughter 
And that wasn't the safe situation for the daughter. Yes, yes, it did. Because the daughter had a child. Yeah. And just look, and it, look, just having another just having another person in your house and having to care for them is stressful. And that stress takes a takes a toll. So yeah, you're just exacerbating the problem, aren't you? You're 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 gonna be creating more mental health problems the longer these services don't catch up. So what's the, the sad part of it? What's the, what's the solution you would rather see? Well, I'm sorry, we're, there's a bit of a delay on on the phone here. What's the solution you would rather see? Okay, I, I'm sensing you would like to take maids off the table in this situation. What would you prefer? Whatever money's going into this, what would you prefer that money go into then, as as it pertains to mental health? I think it should be there, but I I think it should be a very much a last resort for people with mental health, because unless unless you can say to me, as a person with a mental health issue, I don't want to live with this anymore because I don't want to be on a daily basis not knowing what kind of day I'm going to have, and I know I want this, there should be therapy, there should be groups, there should be homes for these people to, to help them and the families that have to deal with it. Okay. There's so many more options. So in your in your situation, you you said you have cerebral palsy. Um, I mean, I do. Are you living a productive life, even though you have cerebral palsy? What what's your situation? Are you able to commute, well, I, go places, do things? You you sound like you're in a pretty good mood. You're articulate. You're you know upbeat, coherent. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's more than some people might say. But yeah, um, <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I, I live a good life. I, I mean. I mean, I live at home. I let that, that's the one thing. I, I've been blessed. I'm 35 years old. Yep. My folks are still looking after me. They can't do it forever. And at some point, you know, I I don't I don't want to die today. I don't want to die in five years. But at some point, when you get to be physically dependent on people for your entire life that could stretch 60, 70, or 80 years, at some point, maybe. You would want the option to maybe be able to say, you know what, I've had enough. You know? And I'm okay with that. Okay. And I want that for everybody. Okay. Uh, you have been everybody heard. Everybody deserves that. You have been heard loud and clear. Uh, sir, it's Joshua, yes? It is. Yeah, I, I didn't quite catch that. Uh, Chrissy corrected me on that. So, Chrissy, thank you for having my back. Joshua, thank you for weighing in on this. I think this is such an important conversation, and um, these conversations are what I want to have every single day. Please call back again. Really appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. There goes Joshua. Uh, 613-604-6464. Hey, um, It's Your Call is brought to you by McCarthy Automotive. I don't know who you're going to to look after your car, but do you want to really be going to the same place that you buy your eyewear and your food, et cetera, for, for – no, you want to go to a specialist, right? And these are your automotive specialists. Think of it as therapy for your car from – you know, you need a new battery to something as basic as an oil change, new wiper blades. Great, great folks at McCarthy Automotive. But, oh, boy, when you get into the heavy stuff, the brakes, the exhausts, the engine overhauls, you know, I just had my RV, like I said, completely safety inspected. They went through every inch of that for me. There is a reason why you see some of the biggest names who are running fleets in this city with their vehicles parked outside McCarthy Automotive waiting for service. They are good. They are honest. 
You're going to appreciate it. If you're looking for winter tires, now's the time. McCarthy Automotive, 1150 Heron Road, McCarthyAutomotive.ca. Here's a text. Having been suicidal, I believe made should be available, but not just willy-nilly. Everyone is saying dignity. That's key. Sometimes we can't escape ourselves. Uh, Dave, thank you for your comments. I hope your mental health is doing well. Um, yeah, Nick and Joe got into a conversation about this about a week ago. Is there any dignity in dying? Like, where do we, how do we define that when it comes to death? To me, dignity means um, I'm not living in squalor. I'm able to still have friends around me. Um, I, I'm not plugged into all kinds of wires. I'm not in pain. I, I just that that to me is. You know, but then again, I'm also someone who <laughs> I always just sort of hope that I think we all do, don't we? Close your eyes, go to sleep, and that's the end. Let's go to some of your comments on social media. Uh, love your courage, Joshua. Great call, says Chrissy. Yes, Joshua, we do appreciate that. Call again. The same doctors that push the false narrative that masks work, says Craig. Well, masks are a whole other debate, Craig. I think you and I are on a, a bit of a different page when it comes to that. I Listen, I, no judgment. You want to wear a mask? Please, wear the mask. And if you don't want to wear the mask, don't wear the mask. To me, certain situations, look, I, I just I can't discount it. I cannot discount it because I see doctors and surgeons, and yes, I know, it's to keep the spittles out, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't keep the cooties from coming in, yada, yada. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. I don't even want to have that argument anymore. Do you? I respect all decisions. I'm just glad we got to a place, and I hope we stay in a place as it pertains to masks, where we are actually able to make the decisions we feel are right for ourselves. Isn't that kind of where we started in the first place? And isn't that what the convoy, et cetera, was all about? Can we just get back to where we were and stop taking away what we had and telling me what to do? You're not the boss of me. Uh, back to Satan's Playmate. My partner is a vet with severe depression and PTSD and been on the waiting list for a therapist for years. People don't realize that. And by the way, if you are dealing with a mental health issue, I don't want to overburden the system because we're already hearing horror stories about how long the waits are at the hospital. But please, please know that you can present yourself to any emergency room at a hospital. In, I can speak to Ottawa because that's where I am. Okay, so we're talking Queensway Carlton. We're talking um, Civic. We're talking General. And we're talking Montfort. You can present yourself to any emergency room Declare that you are having a mental health crisis. They have someone. It may take a while for them to get to you, but they have someone on call all the time. You're so worth it. Start with that. And I would remind you as well, the Distress Center of Ottawa and Region, I have happily, happily been the guest keynote speaker at their 50th anniversary. I have done PSAs for them. That's a great place to start. And if you are living with someone who is struggling with mental health and you don't even know where to begin, maybe reach out to the Distress Center. Staff with volunteers, no judgment, resources galore, you name it. Their phone number is always, always on my website at blasttheradio.com. All right. Uh, but please, please do that. And please know that that's available to you. And yes, the wait is long once you get into the system. And I've heard horror stories of people who've gone, presented themselves at emergency. They go through the process. They go through the questions. And then they're sent home. And you're fine. It happens. I know. And it compounds the frustration. You got to keep at it. You have to beg for what you know is there and available to you. If you really, it's a fight. It's a fight for your life. 
And that's, I think, where I, I struggle with the idea of medical assistance in dying in this case. We're, 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 not, we're, not, we're not letting people fight. They don't have an opportunity to fight. Fight for what? Yeah, sir, there's nothing to fight for. We can't help you. So here, option B, we got to do better. We've got to do better. We got to step up and give people a fighting chance. Question from Julie. Why do we offer a way out instead of a solution and a culture change to mental health? Mental health needs to be taken seriously, just like cancer and ALS. I think I may have read that before. Worth repeating. There you go. Kathy says, government is not only expanding made to mentally ill, but now also to babies born with health issues up to their first birthday. I've not read that. I... Yeah, I, I, Kathy, as I sort of digest that and, and mull that over, that, that doesn't sit well with me either. You know, when I think in terms of how many wonderful people I've met in my life who, you know, have things like Down syndrome or, you know, autism, etc. They're wonderful people. We're better. We're better for those people. They bring joy. They bring understanding. They bring compassion. And yes, I understand they become a burden, certainly, on our healthcare system. Who looks after them? You know, we're just talking to Joshua. He's lucky. He lives at home and he's got his parents around to look after him. And I get that. Okay. But once, you know, Joshua's in a situation where his parents are no longer around, then what? You hope a plan's in place, but you always, and gosh, if I'm that parent, oh, you know, please let the plan have worked out. I love my child. I want the best possible for them. I don't envy that at all. Craig says, when I work in my shop and wear a surgical mask, I still have all kinds of dust around my nose and my mouth. Uh, okay. Maybe you're, I was looking for a sarcastic comment there, Craig. I was looking for a punchline. I'm sorry. <laughs> Inappropriate in this moment. Ken says, Molfar is really great. They took really good care of my mom with dementia. All of these hospitals are set up. Listen. Uh, the, the security watch that I, I I went to, I went to General Campus, and actually after a conversation with the distress center, they called ahead to General Campus and said, "He's coming in." Here's the conversation we had. That gave me perhaps a bit of an advantage and got me in there faster. I don't know. It was also a different time. wasn't COVID, but my time in there, I met with the on call psychiatrist who in a very, very short period of time, I was in there for four days. They said I'd probably be in five. I was there for three. It was almost four days. And in two conversations, he said something to me that was life-changing and will probably be something that inspires the title of a book I'm working on that kind of addresses not necessarily the, you know, the, the assistance in dying aspect, but certainly the living with mental health. And learning to really live with a mental health diagnosis, a book that I hope inspires. And it's coming at some point, you know, in all my free time, <laughs> he says, on the fourth different radio show he's done on this particular day. Uh, but it was life-changing. Listen, the question he asked. So I was very good, very flippant in the conversation, apparently. Or I said, oh, I understand exactly what you're saying. I talk about mental health all the time on my radio show, and I talked about this the other day, and he snapped his fingers at me, and he cut me off, and he said, cut the BS. This is twice now we've talked about this, and twice now you have turned the tables back on my radio show. He says, we're going to take radio away from John. Understand, this is all I've ever talked about in my whole life is being on the radio. 
my earliest memories. We're going to take radio away from John. Now, let me ask you, who is John? It was horrifying, but life-changing in that moment because I really had to think about that. I'd never considered that. This is all I have ever been. And the, the, the short answer is you can't. You can't take that away. from This is who I am. And in summary, that's kind of where the book winds up, I guess. I haven't written it yet, but that's, you know, the reality is, no, I was born to do this. I've, I've come after all the work and all the self-doubt and all of the, you know, circumstances and, and, and feeling like my career was, was destroyed and gone and whatever else. I worked my way back into whatever this is. I don't care how people laugh. At, oh, this is so, you know, you're on the Internet and you've got, you know, you know, whatever number of viewers on your show, blah, 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 blah. Mock it all you want. I don't give a damn about any of that. It's that conversation with that one person that matters to me. That's why I'm here every day. It's that conversation with one person. And if we each did that. If we each just focused on, a, on that one conversation we have with a person every single day, maybe we would end up in a different situation in this world. It's kind of the point I'm getting at with It's Your Call. I want to find common ground on the things that we spend so much time yelling and screaming at each other over. Yes, Craig, including masks. <laughs> uh, F. Van Boxtel says, I am now horrified by that tidbit. Euthanasia for under one-year-olds? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a little homework on that. I want to uh, perhaps circle back and we'll make that a topic for another day. By the way, if you've got topic ideas, let me know. 613-604-6464. Uh, we're a little over time. i got a million things i got to be doing as we get closer and closer to the weekend. But this is an important conversation and I don't want to abandon it completely. If you've made a comment, I want to get to it. Tony says, Craig's point is one speck is enough to infect you, so the mask is pointless. I got it. And that's, I guess, where I kind of tripped myself up. I was going to make a silly comment, but it's like, mm, yeah, no, I know what he's saying. Doctors are now admitting, says Craig, we are suffering a high amount of flu because we have been very isolated the past three years. Our immune systems are seekers for it, and therefore uh, more flu is prevalent. And not just the flu. There are so many respiratory diseases. And look, you know what, Craig? There we go. We're actually agreeing on that. Joshua says, John, your story is a reminder for all of us to choose our words wisely and kindly as they may hold the key for someone else. Yeah, Joshua, thank you for that. Here's a great example, okay? I happen to be aware that on my Facebook, um, several of the people that are on my friends list, several people that engage with me uh, are on the autism spectrum, Okay, if you and, and, and I want you to think when you're dialoguing, I don't care whether it's Facebook or Reddit or whatever. And, and, and you're coming at someone and you don't know who that someone is. How would you feel when the words you put on the screen on your social media channel with your name attached to it? How would you feel when you found out after you said what you said that the person you said that to is on the autism spectrum. You don't know what you don't know. Kill them with kindness. Don't make those judgments. I understand how, and I've done, listen, I've been guilty of it too. Believe me. Stepped in it big time. But you got to learn from that too, right? So just remember that. Kathy says, like you, John, my fear is beautiful people will end their lives without help. Such a sad state that we have gone to. No matter a person's health issues, we all have a right to live a good life, whatever that means to each and every person. Kathy, 
six years ago, you wouldn't rec- you wouldn't have recognized me. I was a disaster. I was sick. I was ill. I didn't want to help myself. I was refusing everything that came my way. I had police in the house checking on me, fire, ambulance. Uh, I mean, you know, like, sorry, the neighbors see that. And they talk. And you know they talk. And that gets in your head. And now you're afraid to go out and face them. For whatever reason, I'm the kind of person who as much as I internalize things and I let them or have in the past, I'm so much better now. Hey, Lowell, I have developed a thicker skin. <laughs> he always busts my job about that. Chops about that. Um, I do have a much thicker skin now and I care a lot less about what other people think of me. What matters is what I think of me. And it's taken me a long, long time to come to that conclusion and get to where I am, which is why I can talk on this soapbox about it like I do. I love your soul, John, says Patricia. Thank you. I love yours, too. You're amazing. Uh, Patricia was was here uh, last night for some of our talk shows uh, and then followed up with uh, some, some conversation with me later on. Uh, you're really engaged in what we're doing here on BTR, Patricia. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad what we do and the conversations we're having are making a difference. Choose your words wisely always, says Linda. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Julie has been through this journey um, as a listener and friend of mine for a long, long time. And she says, you've come a long way, John. Julie, you know what? For the first time in my life, I can admit, you know what? I really have. I have. And this is the hope I have for some of these people who are in this situation that we're giving them an easy way out. No, no. I really believe that in a lot of these cases, if we get them the proper health, the, the proper help, pardon me, that they need, They can actually contribute. We need to get them moving again. We need to give them a reason to want to get out of bed and do the work and help themselves. Everybody, everybody needs that chance and deserves that chance, don't they? To overcome whatever that thing is, and we've all got a thing all you want is that chance to overcome it. Even if in your mind you're saying, I don't want that chance. Your mind, when you're dealing with a mental health disease, is so muddled and so cloudy and so the wires in it are so, they're, they're not connected to the right points at all. Nothing in your head is making sense. We've got to give them an opportunity. We've got to at least get under the hood. McCarthy Automotive sponsors. We've got to at least get under the hood and see if we can't figure out and diagnose what the problem might be, and start there. I want that. I want that for so many people. Like I said, what are there, 16,000 people right now? Think of that. 16,000 people waiting for supportive housing and mental illness and addiction. 16,000. That's half the population of Brockville. That's way too many people waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. I need help. Help me. They're screaming out. Nobody is coming for them. Chrissy says, hugs all around. These conversations are so important. Pretty sure this show has helped someone today. I always hope. That's always my hope. That's why I don't shy away from having these conversations and putting myself out there. And believe me, there will be some who chime in and want to ridicule me. Ha ha ha, you have a mental illness. Yep, I do. Yep. And you know what? Frankly, if that's your attitude, yep, I do. And it's made me stronger. 
So just just spare me. Uh, Linda says, you are a better person, and it's your hard work that made the difference. Well, Linda, I appreciate that. Linda, by the way, is my half-sister and is a godsend. I don't say that to you often enough. Assisted living says Patricia. Absolutely. And uh, we'll end on this. <laughs> Thank you. F. Van Boxtel says, do not forget to torque your nuts. 100%. If your wheel has been off for any service at all, get your nuts torqued after 100 kilometers of driving. A word from McCarthy Automotive bringing you It's Your Call. Heard every single day at 2 on btrradio.com. Our website is itsyourcall.ca, and we will be back tomorrow.